Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber. I'm with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Bishop Strickland, thanks again for taking another hour to share the gospel with our listeners. Thanks, Terry. Our pleasure. And what we do for those who are brand new, as we talk about Bishop Strickland's tweets, we go into a catechism of the Catholic Church that teaches the fundamentals of the faith, and we talk about the cultural issues here and how we have answers in our Catholic faith. So I'd like to start off with a tweet from Bishop Strickland where he was tweeting Christine Hawkins. He said, let's make it clear the pro-life generation and the GOP platform demand that abortion be ended in America, not regulated at 15 weeks, allowing 94% of all abortions. And uh, she says the GOP, and I agree, needs to speak louder and clearer, not quieter and muddled. Now, the reason this came out is I saw it in the news. They're saying, hey, the Republicans are not going to push this abortion issue because, you know, they got, you know, Roe versus Wade taken care of. Now, they're, they're not going to want to scare anybody. No, this is the time to boldly proclaim that abortion is murder and it can never be tolerated. Bishop Strickland, your, your thought with your tweet and why did you tweet that? Well, exactly what you said, Terry. Um, if we understand what abortion is, the taking of a human life, right. then we can't say, well, you can take a few, or if they're young enough, yeah, you can kill them. I mean, that, that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and I understand that, you know, we have to <clears throat> take, you know, the best laws we can get, yeah. but we can't just settle and say, oh, yeah, well, we can't give up the ground. I mean, it, it is. It really is a battle. Yeah. And we've got a battle for every child and every life. Yes. Uh, the the mother, the child, the father, everyone. Um, and you can't say, well, you know, they haven't reached a, a, a significant enough point. Yeah. We believe from conception to natural death. Just like you can't say, on the other end of the spectrum, you you can't say, well. This person's so close to death, we yeah. can just hurry them along. It's the same thing. Yeah. Life, and that's you know what we have to keep fighting for and loving for is life is a gift from God. It's not something for us to control. Right. And until we embrace that truth, um, we're going to have this battle, but we've got to keep speaking the truth Amen. and saying, no, we're not going to just give up ground and say, well, 15 weeks. Next, they'd be saying 30 weeks. I mean, you know, we just need to remember what we're talking about, human life that is sacred from conception to natural death. And we just have to keep repeating that yep. until people believe it. Amen. I'm going to throw you a curveball right on the air. Nothing that I didn't mention this before the show. I went and watched the movie Nefarious, and there's a pro-life scene in that movie, and I want to recommend anybody to go see it. It's all about a man that had been uh, for death row, and uh, he has a dialogue with a uh, psychiatrist, and the man had been possessed. And the theology in it, from what all my friends that are good theologians say, it's spot-on Catholic theology. And one of the scenes in that movie is about where the devil knew about the, the psychiatrist's involvement in an abortion and told the man that your your girlfriend is at the clinic right now you can stop it by making a phone call what how did you know that 
the movie is pro-life, it's pro-Catholic, and it really shakes up. I think it's a movie uh, that will reach to the non-practicing Catholics and even non-Christians because it shows and portrays the good and evil that are in the world today. And I think this is something that's lacking in the world today. We think you have your truth, I have my truth. No, no, no. The devil is like a roaring lion. So I want to recommend Nefarious. Now, Bishop Strickland, you didn't know I was going to say that. Have you had a chance to see that movie? No, but I've hi- I've heard it highly recommended. Yeah, yeah. And, it, uh, the co- the quote that was shared with me is that it's the it's the uh, best depiction of evil they've ever seen yeah, I in cinema. I think that's fair. The only caveat that I'll say uh, when I said this on the Terry and Jesse show, when you see the execution, don't I would not bring uh, anybody under eighteen to see that because it was so horrible to see a man being executed. That was too graphic for even me. And I'm so in my they actually portrait. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. This, which I think, which, and this is just my opinion, didn't think it needed to be in there because um, to see that kind of violence to a person, I, for me, I wouldn't want to see that. And I, I think they could have just made a point in a, a more delicate way. But that, other than that, the theology on the demonic, you're right. It's fantastic. So check it out and just make sure you get to it quickly because it might not be showing if we don't get enough viewers. All right, yeah. enough for nefarious. Uh, Bishop Strickland, it seems that you're not afraid to get into the politics when it comes to the unborn, which I appreciate because, you know what? The unborn need us. And this is something that you tweeted about uh, governors that have lost their humanity. What do you, I mean, what? Why? Are you, because the Kansas a governor, Laura Kelly, vetoes a bill to stop infanticide, in other words, for care for babies who survive abortions. What type of person would want to stop giving help to a helpless little baby who survived an abortion? And, you know, you said it, they've lost their humanity. Yeah. And I think we need to speak in those terms. Yeah. You know, it's not a Catholic issue. It's not, oh, well, these believers. It's a humanity issue. I agree. And I mean, you know, they are. But that's the trouble with being, you know, we've, we've gotten so used to abortion yeah. being the law of the land. And now people think infanticide. I mean, that's barbaric. That is just inhuman yeah. to say this child that, okay, nobody wants them so they can be killed. Where does it stop? Yeah. And that's, you know, the tragedy of, I mean, I was just reading this afternoon, um, the the tragedy of senseless shootings that's going on. And people blame guns. I've never seen a gun just jump up and shoot <laughs> someone. Me either. Guns are, are tools that are operated by human beings. If the human being has no understanding of the sanctity of life, then we're all uh, threatened. And that's where we are. People need to realize guns don't kill people. People kill people using guns or knives or whatever they want. Yes, guns make it very easy. Mm -hmm. And in some ways that, I mean, we've heard of children shooting people. Sure. They don't realize, a, a six-year-old child doesn't realize what they're doing. And even probably teenagers mm-hmm. and maybe even some adults, there's so much of the, the videos and the games they play. Uh, oh, it's just, well, we just hit the reset button. People have to realize 
there's no reset button. When a person's dead, there's no recovering that unique gift of God's life and grace created in his image and likeness. We better wake up um, and and quit blaming the tools. Yes. We've got to teach the people the sanctity of life. And it starts with the, I mean, sadly, the extermination of children in the womb. I mean, you talk about, and, and I agree. I mean, people, you need to be very discerning about, you know, watching the execution of a yeah. of a child of God. Yeah. But that's what happens in abortion. Exactly. It's an execution of a child of God. Right. And if people saw how how ugly an abortion is, where they're li- literally taken out part piece by piece. I mean, it's just atrocious. But it's that kind of disregard for life that leads us where we are. Yeah. And society better wake up or none of us are safe. It, and no life is sacred. Yes. That's sadly where we're moving. No life is sacred. Amen. You know, Bishop Strickland, Bishop Sheen had something to say that 75 years ago that applies to the violence. Like just 30 minutes from my house on Saturday, 500 people stormed a convenience store robbed them of all the uh, material, all the goods that they have for, it was an Arco gas station convenience store. When the police came, they were overwhelmed with 500 thugs. I'm sorry, that's what I call them, stealing product. And in California, you can do over up to $1,000 of stealing product out of a store and not go to jail. So you had 500 people routing this guy. The police come and say, we have to back down. We don't have the uh, manpower to stop this. And they let him go. So here's what Bishop Sheen said about this. Everyone who is conscious of sin knows that his sin deserves punishment. But if sin or guilt is denied, like it is today, you know, we can go steal, we can go kill babies, yeah. Here's what Bishop Sheen said. The need for punishment finds its outlet vicariously in a love of violence visited upon others. Bishop Strickland, that's exactly what's going on today. Wow. A love of violence visited on others. That's exactly, sadly. Incredible. And when we come back from the break, there's a quote that you gave from Pope Pius uh, XI from a document called Casti Canubi, which is like on marriage. Famous church teaching, December 30th, 1930, it came out. You've got to hear this quote because it applies today when we have Catholics in government at this highest level who are baptized, saying that they're devout, and they're killing unborn babies with legislation. I want to hear from the Holy Father, Pope Pius XI, what he has to say about those involved in the killing of innocent life. It's tragic. But you know what? That's why we keep praying for our leaders in our church. Here at, the, uh, at our parish, every single Sunday, we pray by name, by, our, by the president and the governor of our state. Why? We might, someone we don't agree with, right? That doesn't mean we don't pray for him. When we come back, you'll hear more on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. In the last segment, we mentioned uh, go see the movie Nefarious. I wanted to mention this. It's interesting. The... The people who grade movies, you know, they're movie critics. 
uh, they said that 30% of the critics say it's, oh, it's a good flick. It's good. But 97% of the people who pay the ticket to go see the movie said it was fantastic. So I just find that interesting. The customer, the user, we call that user <clears throat> that goes to the movie, 97% were, <laughs> gave it a hundred, almost 100% rating. But the folks who grade movies, most of them, I have to say, are not baptized or even on fire at all for the faith. It makes sense that, you know, two-thirds of them, but over two-thirds of them put the thumb down and said it wasn't a good movie. Okay, that, that fits. All right, well, yeah, Bishop Strickland, you tweeted a document, a part of a document from Casti Canubi from Pope Pius the Eleventh. I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to ask you, I mean, you said we must recover this wisdom. Explain more on that. Here, here's a, I'll read it right now from the Holy Father back in December 1930. Remember, this is the time when the Lambert Conference in 31, right after that, the Anglicans caved in on birth control. Here's what the Holy Father said. Those who hold the reins of government should not forget that it is the duty of the public authority by appropriate laws and sanctions to defend the lives of the innocent. And this all the more so since those whose lives are endangered and assailed cannot defend themselves like the unborn, among whom we must mention in the first place are infants hidden in the mother's womb. If the public magistrates, that's our government, not only do not defend them, but by their laws and ordinances betray them to death at the hands of doctors or others, like they're doing right now, the Holy Father says, let them remember that God is the judge and the avenger of the innocent blood which cries from earth to heaven. Mr. Biden, Mrs. Pelosi, all of these, especially Catholic politicians. All these governors. All these governors. Yeah, all of them. Please, out of love of God and for the salvation of your soul, repent and believe that life is sacred. Your thoughts. Well, I just ditto all of that. And, and I think we need to begin to emphasize that Pope Pius XI and Kosti Kanubi, he doesn't say, oh, well, just Catholic leaders need no. to worry about this. He says the magistrates. That's right. He says those who hold the reins of government. That's everybody. Yep. We think of it as, I mean, yes, we should be up in arms that Catholic leaders aren't even following this. But what the Pope is teaching is for humanity, for all leaders, for all those who hold the sacred duty of providing a, a lawly society. Um, it's just, and it's beautiful what that first paragraph, it applies across the board. Those, the lives of the innocent, and this is all the more so since those whose lives are endangered and assailed cannot defend themselves. That applies in so many different situations. And he goes on to make it very clear that it applies to the infant hidden in the mother's womb. Wow. And we're so far from that truth, it's tragic for humanity. 
It's not just a Catholic church thing. It's for all humanity. Thankfully, even if, you know, some would denigrate what the church teaches and say that it's, it, it isn't, hasn't developed very far, the, the church teaching is beautiful because it's the, tr the truth that Jesus Christ, the incarnate word, has revealed to us. We need to be vigorous about sharing the truth and proclaiming the truth, not apologizing for it, not compromising it away. And the, you know, you could say desperate times call for desperate measures. Right. And I think the desperation means we must desperately teach the truth and the love of God. Right. We don't attack anyone. We proclaim the truth that is about protecting everyone and remembering the sacred life that every person possesses given by God. We've got to keep vigorously and energetically proclaiming this truth. I mean, it's just, it's getting worse. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, you know, thankfully, the Roe v. Wade decision um, reversed the terrible Supreme Court authorization, basically, for abortion. But we've got laws popping up everywhere and the, the chemical abortion. I mean, just today, the, the Supreme Court yes, just today. Uh, said, well, yeah, until Friday, you can get these chemicals. <laughs> and, and who knows what their final decision will be. But as we've said before, Terry, it's about changing hearts and minds. It's about it's, it's basic truth that people have just been blinded to. And the great blinder is Satan himself. Yes. I mean, he it's like he's placed a veil over people's clear discernment of between right and wrong. And we've got to, I mean, I feel obligated. I know you do. Absolutely. We've got to keep teaching the truth because it's on us if yeah. we don't. Bishop Strickland, you always talk about becoming first century Christians again. And at this liturgical time of the year, we're reading from the Acts of the Apostles. And it, I just love, it's not that long to read the whole Acts of the Apostles, but that, that really motivates me because last week uh, from Acts chapter 4, at the end, it said that we need to continue to speak the word of God with boldness. And that's what you're doing right now, with boldness. And the reason I bring this up, because in many of your tweets, you take right from the word of God and you tweet that. And that's so beautiful. For example, you had a tweet, Romans chapter 14, verse 7 to 8. And I'll read it. And I say, man... You don't have to think of it. Just take the scriptures. It's, it's so clear. Here's what Romans says. None of us lives as his own master, and none of us dies as his own master. <laughs> it's true. While we live, we are responsible to the Lord, and when we die, we die as his servants. Please, God. Both in life and death, we are the Lord's. Let us live this truth every day. Wow, what a great message. Your thoughts? Well, it, it really needs to be, it should be a banner headline in every newspaper. Newspapers are out of fashion, so <laughs> it needs to be tweeted. It needs, it needs to be shared that we are not our own masters. Mm. That's the heart of where 
our nation, our church, yeah. our world are broken. Yeah. There are too many in leadership positions yeah. that would read that and deny that it's true because, or at least their actions demonstrate that they don't believe it because they're acting like we are the masters of the universe. Yeah. That's a cartoon. That isn't reality. And we need to be vigorous about and bold yes. about teaching the truth. I don't care who it is. Any human being who doesn't embrace that basic truth, they've got a lot to learn. Yeah. And real love is teaching them that truth and not just saying, oh, well, this is our truth, but it's not your truth. <laughs> it's everyone's truth. It's humanity's truth. Amen, 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 I say unto you. Wow. Now, Mr. Strickland, I have always heard this as a youngster and as an adult, pride goes before the fall. It seems that our world, and there are people in, our, in the church, I'm just going to say, dressed like you, that have this pride that thinks that they're above Scripture. And what I mean by that, I'll just, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it as clear as I can. We got bishops not only in Germany, but in other parts of the world that say this prideful statement. Well, the Bible says this, but I think it, it, it's wrong, and this is what we're going to teach now. Um, it seems to me that pride, <clears throat> this kind of pride comes from Satan. And that's just my take, because humility, my understanding, is humility is truth. About the humility of me, any good that I do comes from God, I thank him for him. That's, the, that's, the, that's just a fact. But when yeah. you have this pride coming in and thinking that you're, I mean, Bishop Strickland can come and say, oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says, but you know what, I have a better idea. This pride is coming directly from Satan, in my opinion. Your take. Absolutely. I was talking to uh, another group this afternoon. Okay. And right now, many bishops, and I know I am, are confirming a lot of candidates for confirmation. Yes. It's the Easter season. It's the time of confirmation. Sure. We go through the renewal of baptismal promises. Right. You know, the very first promise in baptism, I renounce Satan. There you go. And all his works and all his empty promises. Awesome. We've got to renounce Satan. And that's too much of what's not happening. Yeah. A lot of people say Satan doesn't exist. And he does. Yeah. I mean, just like the movie you were talking about, Nefarious, yeah. it it depicts that Satan is real. Yes. Evil is. I mean, we can see that evil is real. Yeah. The horrible desecration of lives, the destruction of lives that goes on in this country, even as we speak, the crime, the the terrible things that are done to people for not even even sort of a, a reasonable you know, reason. I mean, you can understand people reacting in angry anger to some terrible violence that's done to them, but it's it's a matter of they want to you know just steal things from a, a grocery store or drugstore. It, it's just insanity unleashed, and we've got to simply go back for all who are Christian, and that's defined by those who are baptized. We as Catholics embrace everyone who is baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a member of the community of the church. And we've all got to review those baptismal promises and remember 
It starts with renouncing Satan. And then once we've done that, we open our hearts after that renunciation of Satan and evil and sin and all that is of the devil. Then we're open to saying, I believe in God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And I believe in the church, the community of believers that Christ established. But we've got to remember, it starts with renouncing Satan. And too many people act as if Satan doesn't exist. That's what he hopes for. That's his best game, is to convince us that he's not real. Then he can be set loose. And too much of that has happened in our world. Wow, you're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Isn't it nice to hear a bishop just be a straight shooter and tell us what it is? I mean, this is our faith. This is nothing new. This is what the church has taught for 2,000 years. Stay with us. We're going to talk more of tweets, and then we're going to get into catechism teachings on the faith. Thanks, family. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back. Bishop Strickland, this whole show, almost every single week, we have to talk about the unborn. When we think about it, I'll tell you who, who, who made me want to do this every, every day of my life. It was Monsignor William Smith, a moral theologian from the Diocese of New York, taught at Dunwoody Seminary. And he said this, he used the analogy, he said, if a farmer has a fire going on in the barn, or excuse me, uh, yeah, in, in the barn, and his whole barn is on fire, do you think he's going to stop watering the corn and put all his energy to put the fire out? Because he, he can't have his barn burned down. That's pretty much what we're doing here with abortion, because the killing of 60-some million babies just in our country, nothing compares to that. So I, I appreciate that when you tweet <clears throat> these tweets, because... Lila Rose <coughs> tweeted this, and Lila Rose has a Ph.D. in common sense. <coughs> she says she identifies <coughs> the different stages of life, embryo, fetus, infant, <coughs> toddler, adolescent, and adult. And you said amen. Yep, Absolutely. And uh, isn't that interesting that we have to say it that way <coughs> to show the dignity of the human person? Yeah. And sadly, I mean, you know, like we were talking about, you know, the the violence with guns is terrible, but it's rooted in not respecting all those stages of human life. And it's rooted in the same thing that Pope Pius XI said. For those who are can't defend themselves, that's, you know, guns are used as a tool and that's uh, an atrocity. But the real problem is people not respecting the life of another person. And if it starts with that disrespect, starts in the womb, then, you know, it, sadly, it's, it's logical, it's tragic, but it's logical that that disrespect is just going to invade all those phases. Well, to put a story on what you're saying, my brother Jesse Romero, a policeman for the L.A. Sheriff's Department for 20-some years, worked the largest jail in America, L.A. County Jails, downtown L.A. And he was there working the jail, and a man said to 
Jesse, who, who had actually committed a murder. And he said, well, Jesse, I don't see the big deal. I murder him on the street. The, the culture I live in murders the unborn at the abortion clinics. What's the difference? And Jesse was like, wow, this guy knows what's going down. The sanctity of life. There's no sanctity. So anyhow, that blew me away. I, I know that uh, you tweeted this about Eucharistic adoration. You said it's one of the best ways to increase our love for the Mass and our faith in the real presence. It is the very best Eucharistic revival of, available. And I, I like this because uh, we are in this Eucharistic revival stage with the Bishop's Conference, and they're, they're setting up things that are going to be in, uh, I think it's Indianapolis, Indiana or something, big uh, uh, event happening with hopefully tens of thousands of people there. And the, many of the dioceses are participating in Eucharistic adoration, like processions with the Blessed Sacrament. But I got to tell you, Bishop Strickland, when I read all that, I think that's great. But what, what bothers me is a lot of our bishops and even cardinals have said things like, well, I don't want that in my diocese because you're going to somehow get mixed up about what the Eucharist is. And I'm thinking, time out. Uh, are you serious? Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament processions is going to mix people up. No, what that's going to do is what <clears throat> John Paul II said, let the adoration never end. It's going to bring us closer to the Mass. Eucharistic adoration brings us to Jesus Christ. So I'm sorry to say it. I won't say his name, but I'm just saying we need to pray for our leaders in our church that they can all be on the same page when it comes to this Eucharistic revival. My thought, your thoughts. Absolutely. And we're in a crisis in the church. Mm -hmm. We all know the surveys that say only a marginal uh, number of Catholics even believe in the real presence. If you believe that the Lord of the universe, the King of Kings, the light from light, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is really there, then every tabernacle should be a place of tremendous reverence and awe that God is there in the tabernacle, and that absolutely at Mass, the great celebration that the Eucharist is, the sacrifice that is the, the, the source and the summit, as the documents say, of Catholic life. Why is it the source of this and the summit? Because Jesus Christ, who lived for us, who died on a cross, and who rose, that we celebrate during this Easter season— He's really there. And if if you believe that, then it all follows logically that you are going to be reverent and you're going to be in awe and you're going to be nurtured by simply being in his presence. If you don't really believe it, then, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why bother with this? Exactly. If the Mass is just a gathering of human beings and sort of a, a chance to build community— the greatest way to build community is to be centered on God. So uh, this Eucharistic revival better revive that real faith or it's going to be a waste of millions and millions of dollars and a lot of time and effort. It, we basically just have to renew faith in the real presence. What did Jesus say? This is my body. This is my blood. People walked away in his time when he was standing there. The Son of God saying, you must eat my body and drink my blood to have life in you. And people said, I'm out of here. I don't want to hear this. And he didn't say, oh, well, let me correct that. And let me just tell you it's a symbol. 
he stood his ground as the son of God because that's the great glorious mystery. And I can testify, Terry, and I know you can. Eucharistic adoration has deepened my faith and deepened my relationship with him. We shouldn't speak of the Eucharist as an it. We should speak of it as a him, as a person, the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, really there with us to nurture us and to strengthen us, to heal us, and to call us to humbly turn from our sins and embrace his life. Um, we've got tremendous work to do, but Amen. I'll keep doing it the best I can Amen. to proclaim the truth of the Eucharist. And we can't allow cardinals or archbishops, whoever they are, cannot, we can't allow, we can't remain silent and allow them to try to cancel the Eucharist. The Eucharist is really Christ in this world. As he promised, he will be with us until the end of the age. And the Eucharist is one of the wondrous ways that he is with us. And we better, as Catholics, this is a Catholic truth. Many people reject the truth of the Catholic Church. But many people, we've just celebrated Easter with people coming into the Catholic Church. And I know through the years I've asked people, what drew you to the Catholic Church? 99% of the time, they will mention they came to believe what we believe, that the Eucharist truly is the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. And I don't care who it is, leader in the church or person in the pew, if you don't believe it, then you need to come to belief in what the church proclaims through the ages. Amen. Another Archbishop, Aquila, you complimented him. It's neat to hear Archbishop speak out again. He said this, the Archbishop said, The tears of God fell on Denver today as our governor signed three extreme abortion bills into law, choosing a culture of death over a culture of life. <clears throat> this is Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver, said after the Colorado governor, Jared Polis, action. And your response was, thank you. I, I love it when he's... Good bishops speak up. We need to say thank you for these bishops who are doing that. And you said that thank you for speaking the truth in these evil uh, these evil politicians. You called it as you saw it. Well, it is evil. Just like Pius XI said, it's evil to attack innocent life. Yeah. And we have an obligation to speak up for the innocent life, wherever yeah. innocent life is. And there's no more innocent life than... The unborn child. Well, did <clears throat> Strickland. Before we take the break, I want to give a plug to the Saint Philip Institute because we're going to be using the catechism that they have published, called the Way of Christ Student Book. We're using when we come back from the break. But tell us a little bit more why people can go and get more resources from the Saint Philip Institute. Well, the Saint Philip Institute for Catechesis and Evangelization. It's all about everything we're talking about, teaching the deposit of faith, mm -hmm. teaching people what we really believe as Catholics. And the, the book that we're going through, The, the Way of Christ, yeah. is specifically designed to help people that are going through the Christian initiation process. And whether you're formally in that or not, but I'd encourage you to go to the website that they're on the screen, stphilipinstitute.org, and you can order The Way of Christ yourself. 
uh, get it for your family. Yeah. Get it for a friend who's been searching and asking questions. It's an easy format, very readable. It's not this huge, thick book. It's in a question and answer format, but it gives you the basic truth that if you really read it, you'll be hungry for more and seeking to know more deeply what the truth of the Catholic Church is. Well said. We're going to be doing that when we come back from the break. I also want to encourage you that if this is your first time listening to the show, we have all of the podcasts of Bishop Strickland's shows on our website. That's vmpr.org. That's virginmostpowerfulradio.org. You can download any of the shows. Also, just a quick note, there's other programs that we have on our network, a Jesus 911 with Jesse Romero, and we tie in with Father Chad Ripper's group every Wednesday. We have other shows on, the Terry and Jesse show. Uh, we have apologetic shows. We have um, Dr. Sandoval's show, who works with exorcists regarding exorcisms and diocese. He's the medical doctor. We've got a lot of resources for you there, and I would love to have you just take advantage by downloading our free app. It doesn't cost you a penny, and that way, anywhere in the world, you could be listening to the content of Virgin Most Powerful Radio shows. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the Paschal Mystery, the redemption of humanity. And hey, we just went through that two weeks ago at Easter, right? The Tritium. But this is going to be good to refresh our memory. Stay with us, family. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. We're talking about a chapter 6 in the catechism called The Way of Christ. I have the student book. And it's about the redemption of humanity. Now it says, Jesus Christ offered himself as the perfect sacrifice to make atonement for our sins in his passion and death. Jesus conquered sin and death by rising from the dead and ascending into heaven. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus offers us forgiveness of sins and a new life apart from sin. You know, Bishop Strickland, when I'm re I read that little paragraph, a short paragraph, it, it, it really makes it clear that we all, all, we all are sinners. We come into this fallen world and that we all need redemption and that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to redeem us. I just think that paragraph says it so beautifully, though. Yeah, it really gets to the mystery of, of what our journey in life is about. Mm -hmm. We're all affected by the reality of sin, whether we believe it in, mm -hmm. or not. And we're affected by the reality of God's redeeming love, if only we will embrace what he offers us. Amen. And again, you mentioned that this catechism does question and answer, and I think it's beautiful format. So I'll give an example. The first question is, what is the Paschal Mystery? The answer in the catechism here, the Paschal Mystery is Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection and ascension, which saves us from our sins and offers us redemption. The word Paschal comes from an Old Testament event called the Passover, during which the Israelites were freed from the Egyptian slavery. The Paschal mystery is the new Passover in which Jesus is the Paschal lamb offered as a sacrifice that brings freedom from sin. Again, beautifully stated. Yep. 
you know, Bishop Strickland, that, that paragraph makes me, again, realize that we really do have to get the message out to people. You know, I, I think of that book, I'm Okay, You're Okay, back in 1967 it came out. No, you're not. You're not okay. You're a sinner. And until we get that across our brains, I've heard people tell me that for all my life until I realized, I know why I'm not happy. I know why things, I, I thought I was okay. I'm not, I'm broken and I need redemption. And I thought that's a message we need to get out to the world. Yeah, the basic Catholic theology is, yes, God created us good. Yes. But original sin disrupted that. There you go. It damaged us. Of course. We need repair. Amen. We need redemption. Um, You know, in this area, there are a lot of people that are not Catholic and there is a a strain of, of Christianity that says, oh, we're we're just garbage. Yeah, yeah. And God has sort of whitewashed us yeah. and coated it over. That isn't that's not Catholic theology. No. Nope. I mean other people disagree, but our Catholic theology is it goes back to Genesis where God says he created all of creation is good. But the fallen world of sin certainly distorts that. I mean in God's original plan, the the natural disasters that affect humanity wouldn't have no. wouldn't have been there because it was meant to be a, a place of harmony, a place of peace, a place you know in Genesis the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. But the original sin of pride, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, pride is the really the original sin. And it goes back to what we were talking about, that um, when we forget that we are of God, we're not in charge, Mm -hmm. just like I think it was Romans that we quoted earlier, Mm -hmm. that we're not in charge. We're not the master of the universe. We're not the master of our own lives, like we've talked about before. If God chose, both of us could just, keel over dead right now. Yep. Um, but God, in his benevolence, in his love for us, he allows us to continue the journey. He loves us enough to let us keep trying to get it right. Yeah. And even if we're not trying, he gives us the opportunity. Um, we've just gone through the the passion of Christ, and it's woven into the Paschal mystery. Right. There's no Paschal mystery without Christ suffering for us, without his dying on the cross. And I think there's a real tendency to sort of skip over that and say, oh, well, Jesus and his mercy just washes over us. But that mercy is hard won by the passion of the Lord. And he you, you could say that he asked for mercy. He asked if it is at all possible, let this cup pass me by. But ultimately, in humility, the opposite of pride, the Son of God says, not my will, but thy will be done. He says that to his own Father, God the Father. How dare we not say the same to God our Father? Well, How dare we say, no, I think I'm going to go with my will, and I don't care what God's will is. Yeah. We get ourselves in deep trouble. We go against the very fabric of existence when we do that, and it's foolish. 
Uh, we don't realize it, but we're reaping our own destruction when we pridefully say, we're going to rewrite the Bible. We're going to rewrite the truth. We're going to change the catechism. Those are in Catholic terms. And the same thing happens with just basic humanity. When we ignore sin, when we ignore God, and we laugh, and, and I mean, too many people blaspheme God and laugh at believers, but they are on a path of destruction. And we can look around. Is the world a better place because fewer people believe? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. I don't think many people would say, oh, we're much better off than we were 20 years ago. I don't think even non-believers would agree with that. Of course, they, they like to blame the believers and say, well, if we could get rid of you, everything would be fine. But the evidence suggests that the more we turn from God, the, the darker the world gets, the more broken the world gets. So we who know God and know his son and have been anointed in his spirit, we have the obligation, all of us, I as a bishop, you as a father and husband, yeah. as just a man of faith, yep. we have the obligation to share the truth and to warn people of the cliff that they're threatened with going over if they keep ignoring sin and ignoring the truth and trying to reshape it. I mean, this whole transgender movement, yeah. I mean, it's it's destroying lives. Yeah. And what clearer illustration of someone saying, I'm the master of my own life and my own body. I'll do what with it what I want. I'll mutilate it all I want. People mutilate their bodies, and it's irreversible. And then they wake up to realize they've made a mistake. It's tragic because it's too late. I mean, a miracle could happen, but they most of them are not looking for miracles because they don't even believe in God. That's what got them in this mess. And we have to always remind people, Terry, that even the most non-believing, distorted human life, we're beloved of God. Amen. He never stops loving us. Yep. Like we've said, yep. the fact that we're still breathing yep. is the best evidence yep. that God doesn't stop loving us. And tragically, too many people are taking their own lives. And even in, in Canada, being encouraged. Yeah. Elderly people that are sick and lonely, yeah. they're being encouraged to, to take their own lives. That is the bottom for humanity. That is tragic. Yes. That is losing sight of the beautiful value that every life has because we're in the image and likeness of God. <clears throat> well said. We only have a couple minutes, but I just wanted to mention Fulton Sheen again said, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. And I think one of the challenges we're faced in our country, Bishop Strickland, is the lack of catechesis for us Catholics. Many of us don't believe that mortal sin can send us to hell. They believe, and I, I, we have hundreds of funerals here when I talk to people, the person <clears throat> hasn't been in church in 30 years and they think it's an automatic ticket to go to heaven. Uh, and they don't even have a concept of offering masses for the dead. They've been so lack of so little catechesis to them. And this is why I say thank you for teaching from the catechism, the teachings of the church, because so many people are being misled 
because of lack of leaders teaching the fundamentals of the faith. And I think that's what you do each week. And I thank you because I know many people tell me, hey, it's great to listen to the bishop. Just give me what I, I thought I knew, but I hadn't heard it for a while. Mm. So thank you for doing that. I think we have a couple minutes. I just wanted to, uh, there was a book by Carl Menninger back in 1973. Bishop Sheen quotes it. Uh, Carl Menninger is a Jewish psychiatrist, and the book was Whatever Happened to Sin? And what he was referring to is we stopped teaching people, even in the Jewish religion and in Christianity, <clears throat> the teaching of that we uh, have, there are sins that we have to stop doing because it offends God. And what we started doing, as he said in his book, is we started going to psychiatrists to tell the psychiatrists all our sins and then people, especially Christians, Catholics, stop going to the sacrament of confession. A Jewish man's telling us this, Bishop Strickland. I think he's on to something. Absolutely. And I think it's significant that the exorcist will tell you, mm -hmm. even if someone is deeply possessed by yeah. Satan, yeah. they the best remedy is confession. And sometimes they have to struggle to get a person deeply possessed. Yeah. And it doesn't happen that often, but... When it does happen, like this film that you talked about, um, Nefarious, Nefarious, when a person is possessed, they don't want to go to confession. No. You know, they're they're being manipulated. But the best, I mean, the exorcists tell us that the best thing you can do, all of us, mm. is, is go to confession. Amen. That's the best remedy against the evil and sin that we face. PhD in common sense here at Bishop Strickland. Hour. Go to confession, Terry. Yes, sir. Bishop Strickland, how about a blessing for our listeners, please, before we have to run? Sure. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for mm. Terry Barber and all of his crew that do this wonderful work of sharing your truth through radio and podcasts. We pray that all of us may continue to open our hearts to the ways we need to humbly seek renewal in our lives avoid the sin of pride and all the deadly sin. Cast it in the cause of his Thank you so much, Bishop Strickland. Remember, folks, you can listen to all the shows by going to vmpr.org. Download our free app and enjoy all the good Catholic teachings that we have here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you again next week at the same time, same station. God love you.